champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. Mate. Yes, he is the DB of the show. So, Martin, you better watch out. We got a DB on that. <laughs> all, all right, right man. Hey, so here, you know, <laughs> Black of Sports, man, we're here covering it all, you know, um, interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom. So please, please, man, sit back, man, because we're providing a platform to be heard. So how we do it, you know, we definitely got to welcome our guests. And, you know, we got to welcome him the right way. So I'm going to start as he's a Super Bowl champ with my seven-time Pittsburgh Steelers. So you know you got to start it off right there, right? Uh, but this man is a very distinguished alumni, right? So he's a Gatorade alumni. He's a proud Michigan alumni. He's a Red Hawk alumni, but don't forget, man, he's a Pattonville Pirate alumni. So started from, from the earth right there. Started from the Show Me State, man, but now currently he is the executive VP and uh, chief marketing officer of the Minnesota Vikings. So please, please, please clap it up for Martin Nance. Let's go. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. It's long overdue, man. So excited to have you on, man. How we start the show is we start the show with a shoot your shot moment. So this could be a time where you won a loss or won or learned a lesson. Um, it could have been any time in your career. It could have been uh, during your playing days or just something that you kind of grew up back in the back in the Sandlot days. So give us a shoot your shot moment. Man, shoot your shot moment. Uh, I feel like I've had a few of them, but fortunately, each one of them has had uh, somebody kind of giving me that healthy push from behind, right? That nudge to say, yeah, go make it happen or you can do it or, you know, you think you can go this far, but actually I think you can go even further, right? So uh, I've had moments uh, like that throughout my life. One that comes to mind is uh, as I made my transition out of the NFL, finished up as a player, I remember thinking about the different jobs I could make a transition to and uh, what a career after football could look like. And I remember uh, my sister, uh, my, my oldest sister, she, she pulled me aside. She said, hey, like, I know you're aiming, aiming high, right? And your definition of high is right here, but let's take it up. Let's take it up a notch. And actually, uh, I believe in you even more than, than you believe in yourself right now. So just hearing those words of encouragement and, and that challenge from uh, really both of my sisters gave me a nudge that uh, really propelled me to where I am today and the work I'm doing now um, really owe a lot to them, my support system, my closest friends, uh, they always are there to kind of give me that nudge to not just aim high, but uh, even take it up a notch from there and, and shoot for the stars. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, having family that, you know, uh, playing professional football is a dream to a lot of young people. And to reach your goal and your sister saying, hey, man, you got you got something else in you. That's that's really cool. Like, so let's yeah, see I mean, your, to your sister, man. Yeah, no, shout, shout out to her. She's uh, my oldest sister is actually a surgeon. So she, uh, okay. she really set the bar. She, she set the bar for all of us, you know, and and, uh, you know, anytime I thought I was doing something on the field or accomplishing something, I always had her to look at to kind of keep me grounded, keep me That's humble. Uh, both of my sisters are, uh, you know, really accomplished and smart, talented. So just having them really, uh, again, hold me accountable and, and force me to up my game at every every turn has been uh, has been awesome. Really a blessing for me. Awesome so, stuff. So where did your love for sp uh, sports start? 
Oh man, from the very beginning, like I was that kid that uh, as early as I can remember, I wanted to compete. I wanted to challenge uh, that next kid, whoever the fastest kid on the the block was or on, on, you know, out at recess, like let's race, let's figure out, you know, if I can keep up or if I can, you know, wear that crown. So I just, uh, I always loved to compete. Fortunately, I've had some really close friends from, from day one who were great athletes themselves. So we just picked up a ball, a bat, a racket, anything we could get our hands on. And we just competed and tried to get better at it. So, uh, yeah, my early days of, uh, competition start out like so many other kids in little league or on the playground. And, um, I just love to, to get better even more than anything to just improve. So, uh, I played as a kid, I played basketball, baseball, um, I played uh, soccer. I played. What else did I play? Uh, really, anything my parents were willing to sign me up for, I was. I was down. I ran track, and um, it wasn't really until just before high school that I started to play football. So um, I loved football. I loved the physicality of it and the competition. But uh, like a lot of parents, they were like, "Ah, you know, let's chill out on football. Maybe pick something else." But I just had so much love for it. Every year I come back around and say, no, like sign me up for football. How can I get in? And eventually they caved, they gave in, they were willing to let me sign up and, um, you know, a little rough start uh, in the beginning, but eventually, man, it just took off and I fell in love with it. Really interesting because football amongst other sports that you named, I I think uh, being a, former athlete way long time ago that it took, it's a process sports. You you play 10 games a season and you practice way more than you actually play in the game. So right. uh, what about the work and the process, uh, I guess, attract you to the game? Yeah. I love how you described it. You know, you, you, you know, having played, you know, that um, like you said, you put in so much work uh, on the front end to get to that game day. And so for me, I fell in love with that process. I fell in love with, improving and getting better and I started playing football at a point where I was growing a lot I was getting stronger getting faster so fortunately I was able to see the fruits of my labor you know it was like I almost felt like for every day I would go and run hills I'd be a half step faster the next day you know it just was like really translating well for me every time I I put in the work I felt like I got to see results on the field and I just got hooked on that, you know, hooked on that feeling of improving. And I watch guys on TV, guys like, uh, I don't know, Peter Warwick. I spend a lot of time watching mm-hmm. Peter Warwick, who, who we know was a, a killer at Florida State, right? Mm-hmm. And so watching his game and uh, watching guys across the country do their thing just uh, forced me to, like, hone my craft and find ways to improve. And that process of getting better is what, I really fell in love with and uh, that that helped me take each step kind of throughout my sports career. So always a receiver. And it's funny that you said mentioned one of the drills you that pays homage for a generation of ours knowing about that hill. Right. Like (laughs) Jerry Rice in the hills had every receiver (laughs) running those hills to be the goat, man. So was it always receiver? No, early on, uh, it's funny, the very first year I played football, I was in, I think I was in seventh grade, and I joined a team that had been playing together for a while, and they they looked at me, and they're like, all right, let's just stick stick him in an open spot, and I ended up playing offensive guard my first year of football, 
And I remember thinking, man, like this is not what I signed up for. Like I grew up watching Barry Sanders and Jerry Rice and, you know, guys with the ball in their hands make, make, making plays. And um, so I just, uh, you know, I was ready to quit. I told my pops, I said, hey, like this isn't for me. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hang it up and go play something else. And, and I re I'll never forget, he said, hey, when you start something, you finish it. And uh, he said, if you if you don't want to play next season, that's fine. But you're going to you committed to this team. You're going to finish this season. And so I toughed it out. I finished the year. But I learned a lot about being physical, uh, blocking, doing the dirty work. Uh, and the next year I said, you know what? I had enough. I'm ready to go back and play something else. And so I took a year off from football and then high school was willing to give it one more shot. And uh, fortunately, my closest friend, my boy Tyrone, he he. He was a great athlete um, and just always challenged me to, to be out there and try to get better. And so uh, he and I, we went out freshman year and it just took off for us. Um, and we just fell in love with uh, with the game all over again. And that's to your question. That's when I got to play receiver for the first time. I, I played defensive back. I got to, you know, get in the end zone and, and uh, shine a little bit. So that's what uh, that's where my love for the game really took off. And uh, yeah, I never looked back after after that point. Love that. So, oh, go ahead, man. No, go, 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 go. You got it. So, um, born in Missouri, correct? Is that right? right? So, right. Yeah. the Show Me State. We said that in the oh, intro. That's right. Um, really known for a lot of baseball, right? Like, um, you know, definitely like the Saint Lunatics talk about it. Nelly talks about it. What? You know, was that one of the sports that kind of you early adopted to? And, like, it's one of the easiest things to play, right? You, you get a couple friends, you know, bat, ball, play, catch, and all that stuff. Yeah. Was that kind of big in the area or not kind of where you grew up? Yeah, no, baseball was definitely a big sport uh, where I grew up. You know, the St. Louis Cardinals, that's just part of the fabric of St. Louis. You know, like you said, the lunatics, that you they rocked the jersey. They represented, you know, the Cardinals, I, I, guys like Ozzie Smith and – um Great. Vince Coleman, Willie McGee, like we had some good players come through the Cardinals when I was a kid. So uh, I loved baseball. I enjoyed it. I played a lot of it as a kid, but uh, it never really clicked for me. I was decent. You know, I was always solid. But mm -hmm. um, I think <clears throat> playing a bunch of other sports, I started really excelling in basketball and other sports where baseball was I felt like I was kind of averaging out, you know, I was an athlete, but um, I wasn't uh, really shining the way I could in some of these other sports. And so, um, yeah, by the time I, I played a little bit in high school, but really it, it was like the writing was on the wall. Like my future was going to be in football or basketball or even track. And so uh, I kind of put the bat down and started to zero in. Uh, and then I, I dedicated myself to track too, you know, because that, that was my opportunity to again get better and right. prepare myself for for football. So, uh, yeah, football, baseball kind of fell fell off um, after I really started to excel in some of the other sports. Mom was an educator. Um, how did that process help you in deciding where do you wanted to play collegiate football in the recruiting process? Man, I mean that that really um, my my mother being in education and just her drilling home the importance of schoolwork and uh, taking care of business in the classroom that, I mean, that shaped my, my recruiting process in a big way. Like when I started to think about the schools that I wanted to go to, it wasn't about 
who had the biggest stadiums or the freshest jerseys or, um, you know, which campus was going to be the most fun. It was about, okay, which school could I get the, the most quality degree from? You know, and I looked at schools like uh, Northwestern. I really wanted to go to Northwestern. I looked at, um, you know, Miami, Ohio, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, schools that had a really quality degree because I, I always saw football not as a, my pathway to the NFL, but really just a way to get my, uh, my college paid for. You know, it was like, man, I can go play sports and somebody's going to pay my way through <laughs> school, like sign me up. So that was my mentality all because of just the values that my mother had instilled in me. And I mentioned my older sisters, both, both of them uh, really dedicated themselves in the classroom. So having them as examples and knowing that my mom wasn't really going to accept anything else, uh, I, I focused really in on how I could get a really quality degree in return for all the work and effort that I knew I was going to put in on the, the football field. So um, when I ultimately visited Miami, I had a great, uh, great visit, really enjoyed the school, uh, was impressed with the academics. And then uh, a young quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, was uh, showing me around the campus. So you, you kind of roll all those things together. Uh, it, was, it was pretty easy to sign up. Well, mom, with mom being in education and, and you not worrying about the, the frills that go into college football at that time, uh, it's way different now. But at that time, right, right. what kind of questions were you asking? Because, you know, the recruits, they, they, they just, hey, we'll go take you to the bar and <laughs> have a good time. But I know you was asking some serious questions. Yeah, I mean, man, I, w I was I, I was so fortunate. Like I was surrounded by, you know, both of my parents like and I, you know, I give myself a little credit. I was wise enough to to um, to pull them into the process and not think that I had all the answers. So, um, you know, I would really lean on them to say, OK, what what how, let's let's write out some pros and cons. Let's think about, you know, my future and what uh, is going to set me up for the most success long term and so instead of just like you said going and asking about uh you know what kind of cleats we were going to be wearing and and uh what the next jerseys were going to look like we you know we wanted to sit and meet with professors and we wanted to figure out okay how many student athletes actually graduate from the business school or from the major that they come in hoping to graduate with you know some of those some of those questions um my parents were uh, wise enough to kind of <clears throat> put in my ear or pass along or ask themselves. Um, so that was really helpful. Something that I know a lot of people don't, don't have when they're going through that process. So really grateful for, for my people and uh, you know, just the support system that I was surrounded by. Now the number 15, where did that come from? Is there anything behind that number? Because you, you kept that number all throughout your playing career. Yeah, man, it's funny. Uh, is not much to it. When I showed up to college, you know, you're you're a freshman <laughs> and, and they throw you a jersey. And uh, I wore 20 in high school because I loved Barry Sanders. Um, and uh, I was kind of it looked kind of funny at receiver running around with with 20. <laughs> but I, I rocked it and I repped it on both sides of the ball. Uh, but when I yeah, when I got to college, they threw me a jersey uh, one five and um Man, that's his history. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. It, was just, it was just like, uh, you know, you I wanted to I wanted uh, to make it, you know, I wanted people to know that number. I didn't want to 
um, kind of ride the legacy of somebody else. I wanted to create one. So, um, yeah, once once it got rolling, it was like it just became a part of me and my, you know, my teammates to this day. They they call me one five just because because uh, it stuck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, every receiver over six two, they put fifteen on you. You, you Ty, Tyreek Hill not gonna be wearing fifteen and look weird. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you you definitely did that, man. I mean, holding multiple records at the university still, you know. And I know that's always it's it's great to have them, and you know, but to still hold them, especially when you go back for you know different alumni events or for, for when you make it back, and you know, I assume you make it back because you're on the board and things like that. But uh, yeah, it to, has to be great. To, uh, I have to pause you for a second, man. So, okay. so I, I, you know, I, I get a chance to participate in, uh, you know, quite a few podcasts and and talk to a bunch of people along the way, but rarely, rarely do they give me the shout out uh, for the records that I still hold in college. And, and uh, you know, normally I would just let that slide, but I do want to uh, appreciate you for acknowledging that uh, definitely something I take a lot a lot of pride and honestly it's funny at this point uh, I'm I'm rooting for guys to go and break those some of those records that that are still sitting up there I'm pulling for them. No, nah, let's be real. No, nah, let's nah, Cuz <laughs> a receiver came out of you right there. Throw me the ball. I'm like, no, hey, throw me the damn right ball. <laughs> hey, no, no, hands up right off the line of scrimmage right there. Hey, 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 am I on? Am I on? Yeah, throw me the <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're, you're right. I mean, uh, you know, when you're when you're in that space and and uh, we could talk about the psychology of receivers all night. But, yeah, I definitely had that mindset of, you know, being the guy, being the number one, wanting the ball on every single play. Um, but, yeah, at this point, at this point, you know, I feel like, man, you know, somebody go get it. Somebody, you know, somebody raise the bar. Let's let's push the program forward. And, um you know, it's been it's been awesome to have some of those hold up. You know, they can leave a couple of them up there. That's they, what I was about to say. Because yeah, yeah. when you said that, you said break some of them. You, you right, got a right, couple right, of them. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, keep throwing bubble screens. Keep throwing bubble screens. <laughs> Let, let's, exactly. let's hold a 14-14 TD record or whatever else you got. You know, the yards uh, in the season, right? Stay with the RPOs. <laughs> <RPOs. laughs> yeah, you know how, you know, that we, we're old older now, so it's like uh, – We'll find a way to undermine it and say, "Oh yeah, you know, back well, in my day, we didn't have this and that." And yeah, they so, they, they playing a couple extra games and <laughs> right, in the exactly, season, right? <laughs> exactly. So, but no, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. It's uh, there is a young receiver at Miami right now who's off to a really fast start. Uh, excited for for what he's doing. He, he might be leading the country in yards right now. So, um, you know, a lot of good momentum at that program. They just beat our rival Cincinnati, so that was good to see. Um, so yeah, it's always always great to see those guys represent the colors that that I wore. Absolutely, and don't, we can stay into this, but uh, you know he doesn't have a Ben Roethlisberger throwing to him either. So you know what <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so we're gonna move on, man. So here's where we like to jump into the career. Uh, this is where we talk about you know kind of what you're doing now and just some of the um, the jobs you've had, just so people get more of an insight on you know what you do now and, and if they want to get into this career. So. Um, in the game, man, it's it's like full circle, right? A bit of a full circle, I'll say, right? Like, so I'm not drafted by them, but you played with the Vikings, and now you work with for the Vikings, man. So I know that's kind of like a, you know, a, a different moment. I don't know how that works, but if you could, because um, I think MH should probably jump back in more of your draft stuff. But what is your day to day like in your current role? Yeah, so so now you know my day to day. I'm uh, surrounded by a great team, a great group of people. 
Um, in total, uh, we make up about 85 folks full-time within the Vikings organization. So that includes uh -huh. um, our partnership activations team. They handle the relationships and kind of day-to-day -day with all of our corporate partners and, and sponsors. We've got another team that's focused on everything that we do from a guest experience and guest services point of view, um, our data and analytics group and um, kind of brand marketing teams as well. We have an in-house design team. Uh, we also have a media and content group that uh, produces everything that we do that's kind of video or um, social or um, photography related. Uh, really just, I'm, like I said, I'm fortunate to be surrounded by a really, really talented uh, group of people. Um, our international marketing uh, is another component uh, of the organization. Um, so I, I'm enjoying it. My challenge and, and my task is to put as many of those folks in a position to be successful as possible, get roadblocks out of their way so they can go do what they're really good at, uh, and then help us rally around a unified strategy, help us all look in the same direction, row the boat in the same direction. Um, and then at, after that, it's like, hey, get out of the way and let people go do what they're, they're really good at. So I enjoy it. It's fun. It's a, um, a challenge every day, but it's also uh, really rewarding and fun, as you said, to circle back to a team where I played. I had a chance to kind of impact and influence it on the field, but to now um, see it and, and um, influence it from a completely different point of view has been a lot of fun, something I'm enjoying for sure. Yeah, I don't know if it's like this at the Vikings, but, you know, it's very business side and obviously football operations side. And you being where you're at in your role, you have a unique perspective that I don't think is, uh, you know, uh, all 32 clubs have um, because obviously you played on that side. Uh, you know what those guys are going through from a storytelling to a process and now you're on the business side as well. Are you a key component in kind of bridging the gap between, yes, football operations and and the business side of the uh, Vikings? Yeah, you know, I would like to call myself a key component, but the reality is the culture that we have, the culture we'll be, we're building, uh, we have so many people who are help, able to help facilitate that bridge between business and football. And um, credit to our, our football uh, side of the house. They they are really good about pulling us in and communicating and uh, really big on collaboration, something that we value a ton. So we spend a lot of time um, talking, uh, ideating, problem solving, really across both sides of our organization. Um, and yeah, as a former player, I, I still have that itch to be around the game or spend some time on the grass. So they've been really good about uh, welcoming me out to, to practice and making sure that I could spend some time with the football team from time to time. Uh, when I can squeeze it in between meetings or, or calls, I'll get out and uh, just be around the guys, be around the team, um, and uh, make sure that, again, my team, the folks on the business side, have a chance to do the same. Because I think the closer we can get to the, that group and the more we can understand, the better, to your point, the better we can storytell, the better we can uh, elevate the great things that they're doing on the field and obviously uh, out in the community as well, which is a, a huge component of, of the work we do. 
Talk a little bit about, and this is back to kind of your playing career. Yeah, we know we we know the story of Justin Jefferson. We know the story of Jamar Chase and Des Bryant and whatever receiver you want to throw in. But we always don't know the the story of those that had to come up a different way. So, can you just a little bit t- touch into that story of your process in the league as a player? Yeah, I mean, I came in as an undrafted free agent. You know, we talked about my college career a little bit, um, but uh, you know, it wasn't all ups you know ups and positive and and roses and sunshine you know I had my uh challenges along the way I tore my ACL kind of late in college in my junior season I had to battle back from that and then um you know came out and uh because of my knee and the the kind of history on my knee I ended up going undrafted uh to the Bills so you know you come into a team you're a rookie you're just trying to figure out a way to make the team and navigated through training camp and the last cut I got released and so you know that was my the first time in my athletic career that I had been cut from a team so you know it's a shot at your uh your pride a little bit but um you've got to figure out a way to to keep pushing and keep believing in yourself keep uh growing and learning fortunately I signed with the Vikings uh the next day and I ended up spending a couple years there and so that was, uh, yeah, to your point, it's like, you know, not all glitz and glam and in the, you know, on Sports Center, there's a lot of hours and time and days and weeks where you're um, trying to prove to yourself that you belong there, try to prove to your teammates that you can compete and that you deserve time on the field and time on the active roster. So, uh, yeah, those, you know, a lot of ups and downs, but it was a, a fun, fun ride, something that I, you know, really appreciate and uh, it made me better. You know, even just today, I think about, uh, I I contextualize some of the challenges that I run into because I know what it's like to um, have major setbacks or uh, get released or get cut. You know, I always joke with uh, the folks on my team and and tell them, you know, I've been fired from the Vikings more than more than any of of them. So, uh, you know, we, we, we keep it light, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's a humbling experience to look back on now and say, wow, you know, it was it was awesome that I was able to have that journey uh, in sports that, um, you know, I dreamed of as a kid. So one of the things you talked about or just kind of saying is just having the group that you work with. Right. Like having all of those different divisions roll up and just great, talented minds. Um your organization does a great job as far as diversity, right? Looking at you, um, looking at others that have been there, you know, that have, you know, left. And I believe, you know, some of your mentors um, that were there that have gone on. But um, how is it to be with an organization? And I know Andrew, um, your CEO, was a COO, um, really is like adamant and like pushing that agenda as far as, you know, seeing diversity. How is that feeling? Because everybody doesn't get that kind of, um, push from where you got where you are in that c-suite level yeah it's been uh it's been great actually you know just to to know that from ownership all the way through our organization we have a commitment to diversity equity and inclusion we believe in it it's not just lip service it's not just something that we put up on a piece of paper and and turn a walk turn and walk away we we try to live it we try to make sure that it's reflected in uh, the way that we engage with our partners, with our with the community, um, and then looking in the mirror and making sure that we hold ourselves accountable as well. Um, and it's uh, 
it's challenging as well. You know, it's it's uh, it's not something that you just solve and and forget about. You have to constantly work at it and constantly um, ask yourself. You know, are you doing all you can as an organization um, to to promote those values? And so, fortunately, as you mentioned, uh, Andrew Miller, our chief operating officer, is is truly committed to it. He he uh, is. Uh, you know, adamant that we um, prioritize that as we think about building out our teams and, um, and excuse me, engaging with our partners. So um, having that kind of leadership and that example set really allows everyone else, myself included, to, to walk the walk um, and, and to live it out. And it makes uh, it makes my job easier because when I look at my teams and I'm trying to hold the folks in my team accountable for building out really, really high performing teams. We know that diverse teams outperform teams that lack it. Right. And so I can go to them with really clear rationale, really clear understanding of what the expectation is and what we're trying to achieve and accomplish um, and justify it with, uh, you know, business results and the things that are most critical to the success of the organization. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I know uh, you know when you mentioned diverse, it's not just a, a race and gender thing. It's you know kind of a background thing, how you came to Absolutely. the organization and what your experience is. So, kind of your experience with Gatorade. I know you were Gatorade for a number of years. How did you get into it, and how was that? Man, I had a, a, a terrific experience at Gatorade. So, um, you mentioned how you asked how did I get into it. Um, when I finished up playing football, I, I went to the University of Michigan to get my MBA. And during that time, I was really fortunate to land an internship at PepsiCo. And I got assigned to the Gatorade business out of their Chicago office. So awesome. Gatorade's headquartered there in Chicago. And I got a chance to go in as an MBA marketing intern and really just learn the ropes. You know, I, I uh, man, I was just blessed to work under some really, really smart people, uh, folks like Morgan Flatley, who's now the CMO at McDonald's, or um, Kenny Mitchell um, took me under his wing. He's the CMO at Levi's, and um, the list goes on and on and on. Some um, just really talented folks. John Shoemate, who I'm sure you all know, that's my guy. He, he's another. Uh, that's right. That's right. You know, another guy who. I can remember very specific conversations where he steered me this way or that way and helped me uh, kind of see around corners that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to. So, yeah, that was my early start at Gatorade. And um, I just kind of stuck with it. I was I, I got invited back into a full time role and I thought it'd be a couple years and we'd we'd have a quick fun run and I'd figure out what was next. But they just challenged me with new opportunities and new experiences. Um, really at every turn. And so it kept me engaged and um, interested in learning. Uh, and then I looked up 11 years later and I was, you know, still doing it, still having a good time, still enjoying it. Uh, so I had a really good run there at Gatorade and the people there, you know, the, the relationships that I was able to build and connect with during my time at Gatorade are so, so valuable to me. The folks uh, that I I'm still really close with today. I, I had a chance to meet there. And that's kind of, you know, what we were joking, you know, in the kind of run up, but it's an alumni, right? Like yeah. you've been a part of a real strong alumni when you talk about 
the NFL, right? Like that's in a class of its own. You're part of that alumni, right? And there's unique things that comes with that. And then, you know, being your university, you know, being a Red Hawks, that is a prestigious um, institution, right? For sports as well as academia. And then for you to be a part of the PepsiCo Gatorade, it's just a whole nother network while you graduated with your MBA from Michigan, the Ross School of Business, which is just like, you're just like taking it. And he's like, you know what? Kind of like you shoot your shot. You're like, let me go one more. And he's like, let me go to Harvard. <laughs> so sister was definitely instilling that from a young age to you because you definitely took it that next step. Now, when you went to Harvard, because like I've been eyeing a program that they have, um, what did you do an executive? Did you do they have that sports, um, that sports thing with Anita that she that she's been doing? She mm -hmm. launched, I think, about three years ago. Which program are you doing and why Harvard? Yeah, so I mean, uh, it w I did the uh, Harvard Business School Entrepreneurship and Business Management program. It was a um, executive education program, and and uh, it had a tie-in through the NFL. And really, it was it was funny. I remember uh, this was while I was playing. I was with the Steelers at the time, and I remember walking out of the locker room and seeing a bulletin on the the wall that said uh, Harvard Business School. And it just caught my eye because growing up, Harvard was like, you know, just, it was like, you know, you, it, it was like something that I just never imagined I would have an opportunity to experience or see or be a part of. And so to see it there on the wall, I thought, man, I should at least throw my name in the hat. Like they're telling me that I could go to Harvard and they're gonna cover the cost again. like. Back to that theme of I'm putting all this into the sport. How can I make sure that I'm getting something of value back in return? And so, uh, yeah, I applied to the program and uh, was fortunate enough to get selected into uh, a cohort that went out there and, and spent some time at Cambridge and uh, got exposure to the professors and, and the programming out there. And really that planted a seed in me to say, man, this world is a, a big place, you know, well beyond my perspective of football. There's so many other avenues that uh, I can find ways to be successful in and I can challenge myself and, um, and uh, you know, learn and grow in. And so when I went back, I remember going back that next season and in training camp, as much as I loved football, I found myself thinking about opportunities off of the field and, businesses that I could start or uh, ways in which I could invest my money and all these different um, ventures, again, away from the game started to take up more and more of my time and focus and, and my thinking. And uh, eventually it grew to a point where I realized like it's time to transition on to the rest of my life. And as you know, for as much as I love this game, I'm, I'm more excited about what's next right now. And so, that that exposure to uh, the world of of business and entrepreneurship while I was at Harvard really set the course for me to then go back to business school after playing and uh, was a great way to make a transition out of the game once I once I finished up playing. That's really cool because, uh, you know, back in the day that we play, you know, it was kind of football, football. And you didn't see as many players have their own kind of brand and we're kind of thinking about building themselves outside of just the helmet. Um, you know, as you see now where 
college students have their own brand and they're ever advertising different companies and all those things. I, I guess what was it, you know, kind of being a, a player that was on practice squad and all those type of things, like what was it mentally for you to kind of balance the two? Because obviously you want to, you know, you want to be on the 53 and, and stay on the roster. You want don't want to look over your shoulder, That's but right. at the same time, you want to kind of prepare for your next step. So how was that? I don't know. I don't want to call it anguish, but what was that yeah. mental juggling process like? No, I mean, exactly as you're teeing up the question was the life that I was living. You know, <laughs> I, I, uh, I can remember my wife challenging me. She would say, hey, like, you know, obviously we're in this football thing. You're doing your thing. You're really talented. But what's your plan B look like? What does, you know, I'm sure for her own peace of mind, she wanted to understand like, okay, what are we going to do after this, after football? And um, I remember telling her like, I don't have a plan B. Like this is, this is where my focus is. If I take my focus off this target and what I'm trying to accomplish, I could miss out on getting that goal, getting to that goal, accomplishing whatever it is that I was trying to accomplish. So uh, I had a laser focus on football so much so that I think it it caused me to, um, you know, it 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 didn't allow me to spend as much time as maybe I should have on some of those alternative paths. And then fortunately, going out to the the program at Harvard and just giving myself the freedom to go explore and do that really um, allowed me to think a lot more about a plan B. And and um, sure enough, once my focus started to drift from football, it was it was history, you know, and uh, I had a great run, a great experience. But um, I think shifting that focus, even just a little bit, uh, really got me excited about other things. And, uh, you know, shout out to my wife just for always challenging me to think a little bit different or, you know, giving me that, that healthy nudge to, um, again, raise the bar or push myself a little bit more that led me to the, that program and ultimately on to graduate school. Yeah, shout out to the women in your life. I mean, man, oh man. Wife, mom, I'm big mom, sis. Sister. Yeah. I tell you, I tell you, absolutely. Daughters. Yeah. <laughs> All of them, right? Man, it's a theme. It's a theme. Yeah. It's a theme. All right, so just kind of getting back onto your marketing hat, right? So on Netflix came out with the special quarterback, you know, and MH and I have talked about it a little bit, how that could be the new, um, what is it called, the, that they're doing um, hard knocks, right? Like yeah. just replacing that because it was just more engaging. It was, um, you know, following, you know, not only a player, but like, you know, you got to see different parts of different teams. Um, how were you guys involved with that or how did that come about? Right. Do they, you know, so they follow Kirk cousins, but like with following him, you know, that allowed to give some inroads of how he interacts with the team and, and your season. So how much do you get to be a part of that? Or is it just a call where they say, like, Hey, we want them and you guys let it go. Like, you know, what is that relationship with between you when you have your brand and someone that's an ambassador of your brand go out and do something cool like that? Yeah, I mean, well, first, we were fortunate in that, uh, you know, them NFL films, Netflix, uh, our communications team and our talented group uh, within the Vikings Entertainment Network. Uh, all those teams were very collaborative in, in bringing that to life and just well, that's really, really, really smart about how they approached it. Right. The idea was, you know, how do we really see the realities of these guys and understand what's happening behind the scenes, not in a not in a disruptive way, 
but in a way that takes fans truly uh, behind the curtain. And so uh, for them to tee up a guy like Kirk Cousins, I mean, such a great ambassador of our organization, a positive guy, hardworking, smart, and really, really tough. You know, that's what we were excited uh, about, the fact that his toughness and uh, his commitment to the game, we felt like that would come out through the film. And so, uh, again, our communications team was able to really keep it simple, you know, throw a mic on him, film him from a distance, and then let reality kind of run its course. So uh, the, the season we had last year was amazing. So many exciting games and exciting finishes. Uh, and so between Kirk and who he is and the quality of guy that he is, uh, the great camera crew that, that uh, shot a lot of that, both internally and then through NFL films, um, is like, you know, a good, good recipe, right? Sometimes a simple, simple recipe is all you need. And, and uh, that was the approach we took with, uh, with the quarterback series. And uh, it was fun to see it come to life and really to see what is done for Kirk in terms of just uh, an opportunity for him and his personality to be on display and people to see more of who he is. It was a lot of fun for all of us. Uh, and of course, the organization, the Vikings organization, I thought, um, you know, it was an opportunity for people to see the first class organization that is the Minnesota Vikings and hopefully add some fans and add some eyeballs to uh, to what we're trying to do this year. Speaking of fans and eyeballs, you've been in the marketing business. I have to touch on, you know, Dion because he's kind of the talk of the, the sports Rocky, world Rocky yeah, hey, man, right? I, 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 i'm from colorado everybody I, okay. I, I, okay. I, hey, he's not you know that, you see you see that meme like colorado fans since september like the meme that's been going around he is from Colorado. that's one of the many places he lived so you get to claim it no doubt yeah yeah my my, my home my, my home number was 303 um how does that i guess what are the kind of the positives and if are there any negatives because obviously the brand is Deion Sanders at CU but the brand is Deion Sanders and you know if he goes to another team organization or whatever the walks in life I would think that that media storm kind of goes with him and what happens to the university I mean we see what's you know the discussion about Jackson State and all those type of things so what's kind of your thought from your chair from your uh, view about that yeah it's interesting you know the landscape has changed a lot even within the last 10 years, you, you think about the scale of brands that these athletes now have. You know, it's not just a few thousand people following them or, you know, an obscure fan base. Some of these athletes have millions of followers and have brands that in some cases rival or surpass the size of the program that they're a part of. And so it means that as an organization, we can't just think about our own brand and elevating our own um, interest or pushing our own agenda. We have to align with athletes and figure out what is it that they are trying to accomplish? What are their priorities? What are their goals and objectives? And then how can we help them achieve those goals? How can we truly partner with them so that they see us as a trusted, um, capable partner that will elevate the things they're trying to do? And we can lean in together and, and accomplish our goals side by side. So, um, you know, you look at a guy like Justin Jefferson or a star like Kirk Cousins, you know, the quarterback of our team. You know, we want we want those guys to have 
uh, great platforms, leverage their platforms to do great work throughout the community, uh, and then help us, again, accomplish our goals and reflect our, our organization in a really positive light. It can't be an either or. We recognize that it's got to be a, a true partnership. And, um, and so, yeah, we're trying to elevate the folks within our team and make sure that they can utilize um, the opportunities they have and be highlighted in a really positive way because we know that when we do that together, we accomplish much more. Yeah, I mean, it, it builds lifelong fans, too, you know. You know. Yeah, you know. So That's, that's right. Cool. That's right. And are you ready for those quick hits? I am. So just kind of things that come to your mind, some questions that will let our uh, audience kind of get to know you better. Yeah. Oddest place that you've ever been recognized? Ooh. The Great Wall of China. Oh, yeah. I gotta get yeah, yeah. I gotta get a little background. Just, just quick, hit, just slow down. Yeah, yeah, slow down. I, that's that's interesting. Yeah, no, just I mean, odd is you know, like you said, I was uh, I happened to be um, uh, in right outside of Beijing visiting the Great Wall, and um, I was rocking uh, rocking a Michigan shirt, and um, someone else uh, was just casually walking past. And um, stopped and said, wait, Michigan, we kind of oh made a goodness. connection. And then they just uh, kind of, you know, gave a little squint like, oh, wait, I think I know, you know, and it was just, yeah, it was just a quick. For the rest of my life. For the yeah. rest of my life. I'm yeah, straight yeah, thinking yeah. coming to America. Oh, my For goodness. the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, shout out to, to my man that uh, I bumped into in, uh, on the Great Wall. Just a really cool moment for me, though, just to see how the the Michigan brand travels too. You know, it was like mm-hmm. this guy was a a, a Michigan alum mm. all the way across the world, and uh, we were able to exchange a quick, you know, go blue and acknowledge our love for Michigan uh, on the other side of the world. That's, That's cool. tough. How would your best friends describe what you do? Oh man, you know, you if you ask them, they would describe me as the boss and this and that. You know, your <laughs> friends are always your your biggest supporters and uh, you know, always try to lift you up, but um my my friends have been with me from day one. I mean, my best friend he and I, we met in preschool and we've been like brothers ever since. So, uh every step of this journey, we've navigated it together and uh they share in my success and I share in theirs. So, Fortunately, they pre- they stay pretty close to what I do, and I think could describe it pretty accurately. <laughs> At what time of day do you get your best work done? Oof. Pretty early, yeah, five thirty. I I try to get up early, uh, hit the gym, um, and just uh, use a routine to help keep me on on task. So early in the morning, I get my best work done. Uh, kind of that, I'd say that's the first wave. Uh, and then the next wave is generally, um, you know, kind of in that afternoon low when when people start to slow down after lunch, I'm able to grind out and, and be pretty productive in those few hours. Yeah. Shout out to the Gatorade Quick Twitch. Or I think that's what it's called. Fast Twitch. Fast Twitch. So two more. Mm. Uh, where was your seat on the Blu-ray table with the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> Listen, man, I, I stayed clear of that that table, man. There were some big, big dollars being thrown around, and I was uh, not capable of of keeping up with those guys. So, 
what a fun group of guys to be to be a uh, you know teammates with. Um, just uh, I mean, an all star cast of guys, and uh, then you had the 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 head character of them all in uh, Mike Tomlin leading the charge and just being the great leader that he is. So uh, I was really blessed to be a part of that group. And, um, you know, those are memories that will stick with me for a really long time. So uh, speaking of my, that was my favorite coach. And what's kind of your favorite Mike Tomlin saying? Oh man. I, you know, he would, he, uh, there's so many of them. I don't know. <laughs> So many. I, he had uh, one that stands out to me, you know, uh, in football training camp, there's always guys competing for spots. Right. And you'd always have two really talented players competing for a spot. And, uh, you know, he would encourage that. Right. We'd all would want to see the best man win. And he would he would say, you know, I got two dogs and only one bone, you know. And, and so <laughs> you just kind of uh, appreciated the visual of that two guys competing hard trying to see who can who can uh, win. Uh, and then, you know, just to throw in another one, obviously, you know, he's he's well known for for saying the standard is the standard. The standard and, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, it took that a while for that to really sink in and, and make sense to me. Uh, but I can remember remember some key guys having injuries during the course of uh, our Super Bowl run. And he would uh, he would stand up and say the standard is the standard. I expect the next man up to step in and perform at the same level as, you know, whether it was Troy Palomalu or Heinz Ward or, you know, whoever the guy was, um, you know, he still expected that next man up, that next dog to, to step in and, uh, and be able to perform at a really high level. I love it. All right. So um, jumping into the winner's circle, man. We got a couple of things we want to cover here, and I'm, I'm going to jump around. But first one I want to start with is uh, Alchemy Health. Um, you know, you want to talk about that, right? And it's just Absolutely. so amazing because, one, that was started from another Steeler. <laughs> and we actually had him on the show um, and got to – that was his platform to talk about this. So I love that, you, you know, you want to talk about this. How did this – you know, why is this something important for you or something that you want to share or promote on your platform? Yeah, man, a huge shout out to, to Ryan Mundy, my, my teammate from the Steelers and good friend. And uh, he and I <clears throat> reconnected actually in Chicago. We spent quite a few years uh, living not too far from each other in Chicago and, and have stayed really connected. So I just love what it, it stands for, what it represents, just knowing um, the passion and just uh, the genuine place that it comes from. Alchemy Health is really centered around uh, mental health and wellness and, and focused on supporting people of color and, and uh, providing resources in the mental health space where, um, you know, frankly, there, there are lacking resources. So to see what he's doing and the business that he's, he's, he has built and the way he has continued to commit his, himself and his time to helping um, mental health in, in the Black community and uh, with people of color has been awesome. So any opportunity I get to shout out the work he's doing and um, the platform that he's created, uh, I try to do that. And I, again, I can, I can think back to early conversations when uh, it was really just a concept, but to see him uh, put in the work and, and rally other people and other organizations to bring that vision to life has been awesome. So yeah, huge shout out to Alchemy Health and, uh, and Ryan Mundy, my guy. 
and just the resources that they have with it, man. It's yeah. just, you know, we, you know, we do our research as you can see. Um, That's right. And some of the, the platforms or the things that they talk about and like, you know, one that sometimes you don't think about is just like that mental stress or I forget how you framed it, but the, um, the trauma work trauma, right. Mm -hmm. And showing up as a black male, how you have, how that work trauma is and the, the different levels of things that you have. Right. And then also mm -hmm. just, it's a, you know, there's a lot of free content on the app before you would ever need to get a subscription. So like, I'm with you on that. Definitely. Here's a free plug. Um, you know, definitely download the app and just kind of see what it has. And then, you know, navigate to the different spaces because it is a resource where we are definitely lacking that resource. So my bad, MH, I know I'll cut you off. I I kind of wanted to, in the same way, kind of best practices when uh, Ryan was on, he kind of saw some simple, told us some simple ways that we can kind of work on our mental wellness and maintain that. What are some kind of simple ways that we could take home, our listener could take home that they can do starting tomorrow? Yeah, well, first, you know, download the app. I'll, I'll shout out as well. But uh, some of the things I try to do is is carve out time for myself on a daily basis, even if it's five minutes, just to sit and kind of reflect on the day, uh, think ahead to what I have the next day, uh, just to give myself a moment to prep and plan and be intentional about how, how I tackle the day. It's funny, like when you get busy and life is moving fast, uh, sometimes I can get off my my cadence or get off my rhythm and I don't even, you know, I'm just jumping into the next day and trying to tackle it on the fly. So really just making sure I'm disciplined about being uh, being present, recognizing kind of where I'm at, what's going on today, but then also being planful and thoughtful about what I have in front of me and the things that I want to accomplish over the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year. Uh, even five minutes, 10 minutes in one day, if you do that day after day after day, uh, you can find it to be really helpful from, a, you know, from just from a productivity standpoint, but then from a, a mental health and wellness perspective as well. Awesome. So the next thing we want to jump into, uh, did you have yeah. anything else, MH, on, uh, on that? No. Go ahead. So the next thing we want to jump into is... Um, creators of color um yeah. <laughs> i'm glad that you selected that it's awesome we uh we actually just posted uh one of uh, uh one of uh, um you know mutual friends that we have uh, made the cohort uh for this year um and then we have some people that co um made the cohort last year that's just vegas based at least we know um explain what that is to our listeners and and why is it, it's important yeah, so um, Creators of Color is a, a cohort program actually within Hashtag Sports. Uh, and it is just um, a terrific uh, program that brings together uh, creative folks within uh, and around the sports industry uh, and helps to expose them to new network connections, new relationships within the, the industry, uh, but then also has some professional develop, development components and um, provides just a really unique exposure for uh, young people of color within the industry uh, that are on the course of, of doing great things. So we were really fortunate in this year. We leaned in and, and got involved from a Vikings perspective. We were able to partner up with uh, our good friends at the Timberwolves and Lynx, as well as uh, the Minnesota Twins. So uh, both True Predigrew over at the uh, the, over at the uh, Lynx and, and uh, Timberwolves 
And then Mika Morris, uh, who heads up a business at the Twins. Two good, good friends of mine, just people I respect all the way to the top. Um, and so for us to be able to rally together and sit down and think about how we could combine our forces here in the Twin Cities and in the Minneapolis area to bring the cohort, um, the creative of creator uh, of color um, to to the Twin Cities this year has been awesome. You know, the, the program is just wrapping up today, actually. And so I got a chance to spend some time with them and just you know, was so impressed by the folks in uh, in the program and the things they're doing all over the country. Um, and uh, it was inspiring, but also exciting to see them here and get give them a chance to get exposed to the things that we have going on across uh, the Twin Cities and across the teams here in Minnesota. Talk about uh, what I love about it is that 21 to 33 age range. Um, and that's kind of the age range of even your playing career and what you were talking about earlier about the process and transition into your next phase or your next step in your career. Why do you think that age is so important uh, for people, uh, for, you know, young business people of color? Yeah. I mean, you, when you think about it, you know, that age range is where, you know, you're still kind of charting your path. You know, you're, you're an adult, you've got life, uh, you know, you got bills and, and you've got that part uh, uh, coming in, but you're still mapping out how you want to tackle your career and how you want to chart it. And um, you still have the world in front of you in terms of where you want to go, what you want to accomplish, what you can do. And so um, just getting that group together, I, I talked to the, the group a couple of times. And one of the things that I really tried to encourage them to be thoughtful and intentional about was the relationships they, that they were developing across the cohort, you know, with one another, they looked across the table and, and uh, I tried to remind them that, those would be the individuals that they'll be close with for the rest of their careers, you know, and when they need a job or they've got a job or they're trying to find somebody, that's the group that they can immediately tap into and call and, and uh, get plugged in with. So it was valuable to see them and, and just know that at that point in their careers, at that age, uh, in, in uh, their journeys, they were setting the course for what I'm sure is going to be some special outcomes on, on, on the back end. And uh, so it was just exciting, especially for me uh, to be around that group and to find inspiration from the great things that were coming out of that program. And I know they can um, look for, but what's some of the things that people like, why, what should I think of to, if I should apply, right? Like why should I apply and, and how's that application process? Yeah, one, I mean, uh, when you think about creators of color, just the individuals that kind of fit that description, um, you know, we often find ourselves working in a bit of isolation. You know, we're working in areas where, you know, we're bringing our talents to the table. But often as you look around that table, uh, there aren't many people that look like you. Right. So to be able to tap into this group and and plug in with like minded people and people who are doing great things in the industry is a really, really powerful experience just from, again, from an inspirational standpoint, from a networking standpoint. Uh, but then even uh, broader than that, some great professional development opportunities, ways to get exposure to different parts of our industry. As an example, we brought the cohort into the Vikings organization just yesterday and they got to spend time in our studios and in our podcasting space. And uh, we did 
on air um, uh, rehearsals and, and runs with them, got a chance to get them on both sides of the camera, um, challenge them to do some creative things and kind of bring their own creativity to the table. So it was just a, a really exciting, engaging uh, opportunity for that group together to get together. And as I said, they'll be plugged in and, and connected really for the rest of their lives, something that I'm, I was excited to be a part of. Absolutely. So it's definitely an experience. So we'll post that link in the show notes as well. So if you're interested in that, you can see that because it, it is an amazing program and, and excited to see that get going. All right, man. Well, you know, it's fun. And when uh, when you have a fun time fly. So we're kind of going to wrap it up a little bit here. Um, This is what we like to call the assist. Right. So keeping right. it on the sports theme or, or you know, your coaching gym. Yeah. And uh, this is like, you know, either something you would tell your younger self, a model that you live by. Or maybe something you would tell people that want to do or have aspirations to work in the marketing field for a professional team. Um, so give us uh, one of those gems. Oh, man. The one, first one that comes to mind is uh, something that um, Kevin Warren, my mentor, the president of the Chicago Bears, uh, always reminds me of. He, he always says to be where your feet are, you know, and that's just something that if you spend enough time around him, I'm sure you'll hear him say that. But it's just uh, a great reminder to be present to really uh, appreciate where you're at, not don't be in such a rush to get on to that next thing or um, get that next job or that next title, uh, but really appreciate where you're at in the journey and, and uh, where you are presently. So um, I try to embrace that. Um, I try to, one thing I like to do is uh, bring in fresh flowers to the office on a regular basis. And that's something that, again, I picked up from him as a reminder to, uh, smell the roses, you know, don't be in such a hurry that uh, you you uh, miss some of the small, beautiful present things that are in our lives presently. And so, um, yeah, I try to do that pretty consistently and remind my staff uh, to, again, enjoy exactly where we're at today. And, and Mates's point. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm about to use that. That's that's, that's pretty. That's pretty dope. You know, Dion's yeah. gonna send it. You know, he's a he's an avid listener of our pod. Yeah. He, okay. he gonna steal that. They're gonna be roses shout, around the uh, facility. Shout out to Prime. <laughs> out to Prime. No doubt. <laughs> All right, man. Um, well, uh, you're hopefully coming into town. Uh, you'll be playing the Raiders. Vikings come in town in December. So hopefully yes, you. You, you can get out here. Hopefully we can get a, yeah, we, get a chance to say a, hey. We make, a stop, uh, we make a stop in town there in December, and uh, we got plans to be back there in February. So look out. <laughs> there it is. I like that. I like that, man. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's the there goal. it is. The standard is the standard. <laughs> the standard go. is the standard. <laughs> MH, uh, please give us some final words, man, final no, thoughts. Martin, really, really appreciate your time, man. I know you have a busy schedule, but – uh, learned so much during this quick hour, and I hope our listeners got some good nuggets out of it. I know I did. So really uh, appreciate you. No, MH, EJ, I appreciate both of you all, what you're doing. And uh, this platform is is powerful for folks uh, throughout this industry. So keep doing what you're doing. Anything I can do to help, you know how to reach me. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll definitely be here and, and willing to do anything I can to elevate what you guys have going on. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, thank you once again. Just to to add on to MHS Sentiments, thank you for your time. Uh, we know you got a busy schedule, and especially in season, things pop up. So, uh, good luck. You know the rest of the season. Um, you know it is a long season, so the way you start is not always the way you finish, and vice versa. So, so good luck, man. Hopefully, we see you in December, and like you said, you you guys make it back. Um, we want to thank all of our listeners for listening as well. Please, I hope you enjoyed the show. 
lot of great nuggets in here, a lot of great, you know, things and, you know, just, just showing you to push yourself to, to, to make it to that next level, right? Set your goal, but don't be afraid to set it one inch higher, right? Um, and, and that's how you become the best. Uh, you know, we drop new shows every Thursday, so please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel because, as we say, if you see it, you can be it. And then know that we are everywhere you listen to podcasts, so subscribe there. And as we always say when we sign off, please stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got it, sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming you're rooting for everybody black. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody black. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show me I'm rooting for everybody's black Spam mouths to racks on handmade new rags Show me I'm rooting for everybody's black That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and rap